Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Two years ago, May, we started this show, and one of the very first guests we had as Carriker and Smallman was Kylie McDaniel of ESPN, and he joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and it's always good to have Kylie talking ball in St. Louis. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Sounds like you guys make some good decisions over there. <laughs> we, we do our best. <laughs> we're, we're thrilled to have you back. Speaking of making good decisions, the Cardinals are getting good work out of people like Brendan Donovan, and they, they made the trade for Juan Yepes a few years ago when they traded Matt Adams to, uh, to Atlanta. Uh, they're getting good work out of kids, and I wanted to get an idea from you, Kylie. Uh, around the league, what's the perception of the way the Cardinals are drafting and developing these days? Yeah, we, I feel like I come back to this a lot of times when I'm on here that uh, usually there are some, you know, in vogue things that certain teams are doing, like how Cleveland drafts late round college pitchers and like turns them into prospects or the Yankees tend to take catchers and, you know, the Rays tend to take high school pitching. Like everyone's kind of got their thing and like, you know, six or seven teams are really good at that thing. And the Cardinals are just kind of good at everything. And, you know, they run hot and cold like everybody. But they, they tend to do, like, you know, last year they took Michael McGreevy in the first round, was the kind of guy throwing, you know, sort of sinkers and sliders and isn't the, like, up-in-the-zone, high-spin rate, swing-and-miss guy. But after I talked to St. Louis after drafting him, I was like, all right, talk to me why. Like, some teams wouldn't have taken him, you know, 15 picks after that. And they're like, well, you think he might be a 200-inning starter, and, you know, that kind of matters. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, it seems pretty simple, but it's also, like, not what everyone else is thinking. So it kind of gives you an edge uh, when it comes to that market when, like, you have a certain point of view. And, and their point of view is, I think, traditional, but in a way that's effective. Kylie, I want to stick there for a second because we've actually been talking a lot about organizational philosophies this week on the show. We talked to Randy Flores about how the Cardinals draft and develop. We talked to Kevin Ibach as the Cardinals played the Rays about what their ethos is. When you look around baseball, what organization do you think has been the most effective when it comes to drafting and development? I mean, I think if you go pound for pound, like top to bottom, including the big leagues, it would have to be the Rays because they have arguably the least amount of money and probably the most success uh, and tend to have a top farm system along with a top big league team. Uh, when you go just as drafting and development, it's one of those things where if you ever read these studies about uh, in the NFL, like, oh, which team has like the hot hand when it comes to the draft? And it's like, oh, if you do it like over 10 or 15 years, nobody does. And it's kind of the same way in baseball that like you can pick a couple Hall of Famers. You're probably going to have a couple bad drafts after that. And so whoever's, like, best at it is really more about, like, are your 10th and 15th rounders, you know, throwing 95 and have some trade value. It's, like, little stuff like that that doesn't really matter, but it's an indicator that the process is good. And, like, every two or three years, it's a different team. But it tends to be, you know, Yankees, Dodgers, Rays. Uh, I think for a while, like, the Twins look good. And then, like, the D-backs look hot for a couple of years. Then they've been, you know, not as good for a couple of years. Like, it really, uh, really shifts a lot other than these sort of, like, you know, perennially in the playoffs every year kind of teams. They tend to also be the, the, you know, the best when it comes to developing players. Kylie, last year, when uh, Jordan Walker was playing in the Florida State League, John Mozeliak said, the two guys that we've had that I will compare him to are Albert Pujols and Oscar Tavares. Obviously, Jordan now playing at Springfield. What do you think the Cardinals have in Jordan Walker? 
So I did an article uh, last week at ESPN.com about who is the best prospect in the minors because I think I think it was all of my top three were in the big leagues and weren't coming back down. And then like half of the rest of the top ten was either up or in AAA and about to come up. So it was like, okay, let's talk about who's best right now and who's in position to be the top guy this offseason. And I named eight guys, and Walker wasn't one of them, but he was probably number nine. And the eight guys was sort of you know asking around the industry, what's the group of players uh, and I, and my point at the end of the article was like, oh, if you gave me an extra month, that list of eight would change. Whoever I say would number one will change. We're just at that point where there's just enough games that if someone's terrible or fantastic, you can round them up, round them down, but you can't really like move them dramatically after 40 games. Like that's a little too much. Uh, and so Walker is like, like I said, just behind that group of guys. Like Francisco Alvarez was ninth on my top 100. Walker was in like the late teens. I think Alvarez is number one in the minors right now. Uh, and so, you know, you can then do the math and say that that means Walker would be, you know, somewhere eight to 10, uh, especially after a couple of these guys are probably going to graduate, uh, in terms of tools. I mean, it's a chance to be 30, 35 homers, chance to be a third baseman hit 250 to 270 with a pretty good approach. Like it's pretty rare stuff that if you're trying to find cops for of guys that are in the big leagues right now, it's not that many guys that play a position that matters that have like that kind of impact on their bat. Like that's, that's the separator there is the power. The rest of the tools are pretty good. They'll be enough to be an everyday guy. But if he can get to 30, maybe 40 homers, then obviously that sort of carries the whole profile. And you mentioned that he has a chance to be a third baseman, but the Cardinals have one of those here in St. Louis. <laughs> Does Walker have the ability to be a corner outfield? Yeah, I think he, he doesn't have like the best long speed in the world, which is usually the separation between a guy that can play left or right field that's never done it before and a guy that then has to play first base. Uh, he's got good hands and good first steps, so I think first base is probably a more natural fit for him. But if you told him, like, hey, if you want to play in the big leagues, you need to you know, lose 10 pounds and get a little bit quicker and get an extra tick of speed, I think he's one of those guys that can do that kind of thing if you tell him you know, in advance. In the same way that like Nolan Gorman, like, hey, you need to get a little better at second base. It seems like, well, that may not be your most natural position. You need to figure out how to get natural over there, and he figured it out. Um, and I think that's that's one of the things you'll probably hear it on the on the draft broadcast on ESPN. I've sort of uh, adapted my evaluation technique a bit, where instead of saying, "Well, this guy can do this, and then he can't do that, and then he can do this," and just sort of line up all these pros and cons, it's like, "Well, can he do the two or three things that matter? And does he have really good makeup? Then he's probably going to figure it out." And that tends to be how things go. Kylie, we're getting closer to the MLB draft. This is an intriguing draft. A lot of sons of former major major league stars in this one. And one that we're paying a little bit of special attention to here in St. Louis, of course, is Jackson Holiday, Matt Holiday's son, who's a shortstop out of Stillwater, Oklahoma. And a lot of mock drafts, he's projected to go number one overall. Do you think he does? And what do you think he's projected to be? So I've been told by sources that Baltimore's down to five guys. I know Holiday is one of them. Uh, I don't think he'll be the pick. Uh, but I think he'll either go two or three. Uh, two would be Arizona and three would be Texas. I think Texas is probably as far as he goes. And I think Drew Jones, another uh, son of a notable big leaguer, I think he either goes one or two. So I think those are the two guys that are sort of locked into those high picks. And then pretty much everybody else we're talking about could go anywhere from maybe one at a discount to eh, in a scenario that might go seventh or eighth. Uh, there's just like a lot of around those two guys. There's a lot of stuff that's like, you know, possibly in play. Uh, and I think as far as like the kinds of player he is, if you watch the draft last year, Marcelo Meyer, uh, was generally seen as the best prospect. I thought he was number two. He ended up going fourth overall. Uh, they have basically the same tool grades. They're both left-handed hitting shortstops with a chance to be above average at everything. The only difference is Meyer, I think, is a slightly better prospect because he's that 6'3", projectable, long athletic, and Holiday is more of a maxed-out, like 6'1", is like trying to hit home runs now. He's a slightly more polished, but he also might get there a little bit quicker. And in your mock draft... Kylie, you have the Cardinals taking an Alabama left-hander by the name of Connor Prelip, and it's hard to do mock drafts and, and nail him, but is that where you think the Cardinals are going back to the starting pitching route? 
Yeah, the the sort of the, the weird thing that's happening in this year's draft is there is not a pitcher, high school or college, that is worth taking for a full slot value in the top ten, maybe as high as twenty picks. Like it's it's just it's real mixed and a lot of different opinions out there. And it looks like there's going to be a couple teams in that ten to fifteen area that are just going to force it and take a pitcher and save a little money and then try to spend it later. And I think the Cardinals are at the tail end of that, where like the good ten, twelve, maybe fifteen guys everyone agrees on probably aren't going to get there. So they're going to be dealing with they get to pick you know through the rest of those uh, college pitchers, which I think you know they have a history of taking those guys and having some success. So I tend to think they'll they'll dip into that. Uh, but I think in that second tier there might be a guy that they love. That, I mean the guy I like the most is Tucker Tolman, a uh, high school third baseman out of South Carolina. That's the guy I'd take in the position that they're in. Uh, but it's also like you said, it's like a little early. If I like, there's some teams picking around the Cardinals that I've said like, hey, if you could make me a complete list of everyone you might actually pick at your pick, how deep would it be? And they'd be like, you know, I'm picking 20. Uh, I need to put about 35 guys on that list. Like we're, <laughs> we're we're still way out there that I don't know who's getting there. I don't know what everyone's prices are. Like we haven't had private workouts yet. Some guys, you know, like Kumar Rocker just had his first outing of the year a couple days ago. Some guys that might go in the top 30 picks just had their first outing on the Cape. Um, there's still just like a lot of stuff to go. But I think sort of reading the tea leaves of the kinds of guys the Cardinals. I think Connor Prelope would make a lot of sense. And finally, uh, Kylie, I want to run down just the list of guys that haven't, the, the rookies that haven't been here in St. Louis all year and find out who is most intriguing to you. Is it Gorman, Donovan? Dylan Carlson was a rookie last year, so I'm going to put him in the list. Uh, is there another young Cardinal that particularly intrigues Kylie McDaniel? Uh, I'll give you one in the majors, one in the minors. So I would say Gorman is the guy. When I, he and Austin Riley were the guys when I was working for the Braves that uh, it was doing the West Coast. So Nolan Gorman is sort of the guy that I was dialed in on, and he very nearly was drafted by the Braves uh, that year when they took Carter Stewart instead. Um, he, he was the guy that uh, both of them in high school, him and Austin Riley. The question was, oh, he's a little too big. Is he going to be able to move laterally enough to play third base in the big leagues? And that's you know part of the reason I've gotten to that point where it's like, oh, is he good at like hitting, hitting for power and performing in games, and he's got good makeup? Then he'll figure it out. And so him and Austin Riley are my two examples, and they both worked out pretty well so far. Uh, and also, like Gorman has, depending on what his approach is at the plate, like he has a chance to be a you know, 260 with 30 home runs if everything comes together. Like I ranked him right near Jordan Walker. The upside is not that different. So I think he's the best guy of that group. And in the minors, uh, Mason Wynn has had a fantastic beginning of the season. He's already in double A as a 20-year-old. And he also has a chance to be an eighth or ninth inning pitcher if they want him to be. Uh, so there's like an incredible amount of talent there. And I thought it would be because it's two ways, because he's very young, a little more athletic and raw than polished. I thought he'd be a little bit of a slow and low, you know, barbecue kind of guy through the minors. And like he has just like set it ablaze so far. Uh, might, might be more of a hibachi situation because they're pretty fast. So uh, I would keep an eye on him because I, I think him and Jordan Walker are sitting right there at the top of the farm system. And I think will be a factor in decisions for the next year or two, trying to make sure that they aren't held back. Kylie McD- Daniel, it's always a good choice for us when we have you on the show. We love your work at ESPN.com. Thank you so much for the time, and we'll do it again soon. Yep, thanks for having me. Take care. That is Kylie McDaniel. ESPN.com does fantastic work. He has his mock draft up right now and other work, and you should check that out. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. 
While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.